0: Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you'd like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church. We'll come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message, brought to you by Pastor Robin. See you at church. This morning, um, I've got a word ...that I'd like to bring to you from the book of Nehemiah, or as the Jews say, Nehemiah. (laughs) You know, Australians draw every syllable out, -ah, (laughs) Nehemiah, and in Hebrew it's Nehemiah. Yeah, so that's just an aside. (laughs) I'm going to read from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 4, verses 1 to 14. And I'm reading from the New King James, so you can follow along with me on the screen or in your word. And the title is The Wall Defended Against Enemies. My title today is Let's Build Together. So, verse 1 But it so happened when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall that he was furious and very indignant, and he mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren in the army of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish? Stones that are burned. Now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him and he said, Whatever they build it, even a fox... If it goes up on the wall, it will break it down, the stone wall. Hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn our reproach on their own heads and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquity and do not let their sin be blotted out from before you, for they have provoked you to anger before the builders. So we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to the half of its height, for the people had a mind to work. Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed, that they became very angry and all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God and became, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Then Judah said, the strength of the labourers is failing and there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversaries said, they will neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. And so it was when the Jews who dwelt near them came that they told us ten times, ten times, from whatever place you burn, they will be upon us. You turn, they will be upon us. Therefore I positioned men behind the lower parts of the walls at the openings and I set the people according to their families with their swords, their spears and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and we declare in this house your word is truth. Lord, whether we declare it or not, it is truth. It's absolute, it's complete. And Father, I pray that as I bring this word today, Father, you would make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer. Father, that as I bring the truth that you want your people to hear, both in the house this morning and online, that you, Father God, will just implement, Lord, the word that is to be used in every life, that everyone can take hold of it and run with it, that everyone will take hold of your truth and understand how much they are loved and how greatly you love and appreciate and want them to be finding their perfect will in you. And God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, as as I understand. Unfold this word, Lord, that it would be meat for those who need meat and milk for those who need milk. And Father, I thank you that as your word goes forth, it will accomplish what you send it to do and will prosper in that which you send it to work within, Father God. And we declare you get all the praise and all the glory and all the honour because it's all about you, Lord God. Father, help us to build this morning in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. What an incredible passage of scripture to see what's happening here. they they're seeing a, a rebuilding program, a restoration program that they want to set in place. After centuries of wars and invasions and death and destruction where the walls have been pulled down and Jerusalem is invaded and overtaken and burned and pillaged and then they build again and then it happens again and it happens again. When you go to Jerusalem, you see that the actual old city of Jerusalem is about, I think it's between 15 and 20 metres above where the original site was because it's been raised to the ground then built on top of the 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 refuse and then so on and so forth but there's a group of people Nehemiah that he has been raised up in this time in this place to do the re- rebuilding it's a particular time and a particular place to bring repairs to bring restorations and to bring years of neglect and disuse and disrepair back to the factory default settings that God had for the place. Chapters four to six in Nehemiah show us some of the problems that had to be overcome. And in the process of rebuilding the wall, there's a cycle of advancing and then moving back, advance and setback. And if you read through chapters, um, the first six chapters of Nehemiah are quite incredible. And it was a project that looked like it was impossible from the outset. You know, so many years of neglect and abuse, how was it ever going to be restored to a place where it could become functional again? Nehemiah had been heartbroken because he heard of the ruins of Jerusalem and he wept bitterly about it. In another chapter it says, he, after praying about his desire to rebuild, uh, return and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, the king commissioned him to go ahead and this is such a significant thing when we are finding that things have been torn down and are in a state of disrepair we wait for our king to commission us in his timing to go ahead and do the things that we need to do to bring the repairs and the restorations but um, while he was building Sanballat and Tobiah were filled with wrath they were angry they called their friend Geshem who was an Arab, and they gathered others around them to come and fight against Jerusalem and to hinder the work. And the aim was for Jerusalem to remain in ruins, according to them. Um, It's interesting because biblical names have always got incredible power. So when you look at Sanballat, his name is a bramble bush, (laughs) an enemy in secret. What looks like a little growth was actually full of prickles and and has the capacity to absolutely wound. And then Tobiah. Tobiah is a mocking spirit. A spirit that will belittle your dream, belittle your destiny, and it will belittle your purpose in God. You see, when God puts a plan in your heart and a strategy in your heart and gives you keys to move forward and do a work of restoration and reparation and building... There will always be those that come against you. There will always be those that mock. There will always be those that accuse. There will be those who form a plan to undermine what you're doing. And when you think about the rebuilding of the walls, you think, well, why build the walls? What's the purpose of it? We build walls because we create a strong and safe place. And when we think about the church, the church needs to be a strong and a safe place. We need to have things in place so that no one sneaks in the back door and blows us up. (laughs) For example, bad example, sorry. (laughs) We need to have structure in place. The walls around Jerusalem, where Jerusalem was set on a hill. Jerusalem is actually built on seven hills and there are many cities in the world that are built on seven hills. Rome is one. New York is one. Um, Jerusalem is one built on seven hills and that's why when you look at the Psalms, the Psalms of Ascent, we go up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is set in a high place so we travel up to Jerusalem. And so when you think about that, what's with the walls? The walls are defence. The walls are to keep the enemy out and the walls are to keep the inhabitants safe within. And you also find that by the time we get to chapter 6 in Nehemiah, the gates were the last things to be hung Because the work of repair of the walls had to go ahead before those uh, gates could be hung. And the gates gave entry to those that were on the inside who they saw who wanted to come in and they got to choose who they opened the doors to and who they shut the doors to as well. You see, restoration and God's plan is always about building according to his pattern. So we got to complete the wall with no gaps, no tunnels underneath, no access, and it talks about the church and us as Christians being a safe place and a safe haven for those that want to come in, for those that have had really rough lives, that those that who are seeking after a God who will love them unconditionally and accept them unconditionally. And even though we still need to work with the consequences of things that have happened in our past... God loves us completely, but there are limitations around us as to how we build, in the timing we build, and the pattern that we build, and it always has to be God's way. You see, when you set out to do something for Jesus, when you set out to accomplish his plan, stuff will happen. It's interesting too that Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, and the... Ashdodites and all of the others who had formerly been enemies came together in unity in opposition to the work that God wanted to do. Isn't that an incredible thing? The old saying, My enemy's enemy is my friend. So when you set out to do something in God that is really potent in Him, there will be those that will gather against, and they will mock, and they will accuse, and they will be angry. But nothing can stop the plan of God. You see, when he commissions, he appoints, he equips, he anoints, and he builds a team together so that we build together in the things that God wants to do in each of our lives. You see, Sanballat had been the governor of Samaria and he was really angry. He was really, really angry. The Hebrew word in that context means burning mad in um, verse uh, verse 1 and verse 7 of chapter 4. A secure and independent Jerusalem would threaten Sanballat's hold on the area and undermine his control of the trade route through the region, hurting his economy. So there was money and economy that was at the basis of it as well, but it meant that he would lose control over what was formerly his role and his function ...and his ability to um, infiltrate and undermine. So he, like I said, he formed an alliance with these other ones. The new work that was going on for God threatened their lifestyle... ...and their power and their influence and so they got angry. Sanballat, Tobiah and Geshem were three enemies of the Jews... ...who made several attempts to stop Nehemiah from rebuilding the walls... They're first mentioned in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 10, as upset about Nehemiah's work. And it says, When Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard about this, they were very much disturbed that someone had come to promote the welfare of the Israelites. In verse 19, they, along with Geshem the Arab, mocked Nehemiah, saying, What is this you're doing? Have you ever been on the receiving end of a mocking spirit? Have you ever... Or is it just me? Have you ever been like, I'm going to go out and do this for God, and someone said, really, really? With your past, with what's happened in your life, you know, you haven't got education, you're too young, you're too old, you're too frail, you're too strong, you've got whatever, fill in the blanks. You know, whenever we step out in faith to do something for God, there will always be the naysayers. There will always be the unbelievers. There are always going to be those that will come against you and say, You're too feeble. <laughs> Whatever you're going to build, even a fox will knock it down, you know. And that's how bad it is. You know, So when you look at it, there's nothing new under the sun. And the Bible gives us an example of the fact that when we step out to do something for God... There will be things that come against us and individuals that come against us, sometimes from within our own Christian community, sometimes from within our families, most Frequently from without the Christian community, but that's okay. That's okay. You see, when we are piercing darkness, and it's a picture of a chevron that God's given me, that when we are moving into a place of darkness, we form an arrowhead in Him. He anoints, He appoints, He says, Now move forward. And when you're moving forward into the darkness, you're going to cause resistance because you're coming against forces and principalities that will try and stop you from doing what God wants you to do. But greater is He who is in us than he who is in the world. And when God formulates a plan, God makes a way. He makes a way in the darkness and where you are, you are the light of the world. God has set us as a city on the hill and no man can pull down the work of God when we are in his will. Amen. Amen. So it's a case of fixing our eyes on Jesus, walking in the power and the anointing of Jesus, walking in the perfect plan of God, not having the fear of man, not worrying about the mockers and the jeerers and the ones that would be angry with us and the ones that would accuse us. No, we love everybody. But we don't allow everybody to have a say in our lives and the things that God wants to say. We love and respect everyone. But when we are commissioned by God to build something incredibly unique in him and everything God builds is good, expect there to be resistance. Whatever God has laid on your heart. You see, people will accuse when they're not doing it but you can't expect people to be where you're at. If God wants them to do it, he'll speak to them. We can't look down on our brothers and sisters just because they're not doing what we're doing. We're responsible for the things that we're called to do. We're responsible to fulfil the purpose and plan of God in our lives in this time, in this place, and in the times that we're living in. We're accountable to God and responsible to God for the choices that we make. It's interesting, isn't it? Mockery and sarcasm. The spirit of Sanballat and Tobiah is a spirit of anger against doing anything good that happens in your life and it wants to keep you down. It wants to wear you down. They gather together within hearing distance of the wall and ask a bunch of sarcastic questions. What are those feeble Jews doing? What are they doing? Are they going to do it for themselves? Can they offer sacrifices? he means do they think that can they complete this task this project and then they say can they finish it in a day can they revive the stones from the dusty rubble and even the burned ones the answer is yes absolutely it talks about fortifying that's strengthening Reviving stones that are burned. In verse 6, we built the wall for the people had a mind to work. The people were united as one. It's building team, it's in unity and it's harmony and one accord. The people had a mind to work and they formed team and they had a weapon in one hand and a tool in the other hand and they worked at building and they worked at removing the rubble. Sometimes people will remind you of your past. Where you've come from when you're endeavouring to do something for God. You see, they cleared out the rubbish and the stones. And that's a picture of God when he takes hold of us. He takes hold of us and all the rubbish that's in our life and the things that we've had happen to us. And sometimes you might feel like you're a shriveled up burnt stone because you've really been through the fire and you've really been through trials and persecutions. But even here we see it's an example of God taking those living stones, the burnt stones and taking them from the rubble and repositioning them in the wall to form a defence and to form a stronghold that no one could break through. And our lives in God, when he takes hold of us, And when he purposes what he's going to do in our lives, he takes the chipped edges. And I often like to think I'm a cracked pot because that way the light shines out. But God portions and he he proportions in each one of us to the degree of faith that we have. And he fills us with faith to do the things that he's called us to do. And he rebuilds us and he reshapes us. And it's line by line, precept by precept, here a little, there a little. And he forms us into a living temple, a sacrifice of living stones that we work together to build what God has for us. I'm getting really, really passionate about this. I feel so strongly about this because the enemy wants to undermine. The enemy wants to take us down. The enemy wants to discourage us. He wants to wear us out. He wants to accuse us. He wants to set us against each other so that we're not working in unity. I'm not saying this, church. I'm saying generally this is a principle that he applies and he works in. But God, in his incredible power and mercy and love, he raises us up from the rubble. And he rebuilds us into something incredibly precious, incredibly strong, a stronghold where we stand together in love and unity and grace in his power and do the things that he's called us to do. Time for a breath. (laughs) Poor and feeble, we may be building with charred and rubbish stones according to the enemy, but we're the living stones according to the word of God, living sacrifices, He discourages us with exhaustion, weary, we get anxious. Whoever struggles with anxiety or don't put your hands up. Anxiety, fear, lethargy, weariness, intimidation, all of those things, they're all attacks of the enemy, the accuser of the brethren, to drag us down, to make us feel less than God says we are. We get discouraged, we get weary. What does the word of God say? We went to, we had state conference in Adelaide this week. I listened to a couple of few incredible speakers. One of them, Pastor Mark Varaghi, spoke about the Lord is my shepherd. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And he talked about the fact, are you worrying? Do we worry? Yes, don't. Are we feared? Are we in fear of things? How many times does the Bible say fear not? 365 days of the year, it's in the Bible, 366 days, so even your leap year is covered, fear not. If you're in fear, don't be. If you're in lack, don't be. The Lord's your shepherd. He gives you everything you need. And there is so much more to this message. But what I'm saying is if you're tired, lay down in the pastures, in the green pastures, and God will provide you with what you need. But it's not to stay there permanently. It's to get back up again and do the things that he's called you to do. It's an amazing truth. And it's so simple and it sets us free. Whatever is happening last night at the... At Yeah, there was stuff happening outside and I thought, well, Lord, you're my shepherd, you look after it. And I went to sleep and I had the most wonderful sleep. (laughs) When you trust in God, when you trust in the one who loves you so incredibly and so completely and so intimately and so perfectly, you can trust the small stuff and the big stuff to him because when you're in the will of God, Lord, you're my shepherd. The title of Pastor Mark's message was... Give the shepherd back his job. Let him be your shepherd. Let him look after you. It was amazing. It was amazing. So, when we're overwhelmed and intimidated, when the burden is falling, and you feel like, how am I going to keep going? Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Look at the burden he took upon himself when he came into Jerusalem. He set his face like flint. He knew that he had come to fulfill his purpose. He came to die. He came so that we might have life. He came so that whatever sin we'd ever done or ever would done when we come to him, it's under the blood of Jesus. We're forgiven, we're set free. And he begins that process of rebuilding us, that charred stones that we are, into a temple filled with his Holy Spirit and able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we think or ask in him. Amazing. Consider what he went through. Consider the price he paid. Consider a sinless Lamb of God who died for a world that despised him and rejected him, and yet he still did it. We've not suffered yet to that point. Because if we keep moving forward in God and building according to his pattern, we're going to build something incredible for God's kingdom and for God's glory. And it's awesome. And it's awesome. Because we're about building for eternity. Amen. How am I going for time? Maybe you're not seeing the results of all the hard work you're doing. You see, when they set about the work of building the wall, they got it up to halfway in a really, really short space of time. And then they got weary. Sometimes we start off really well. Sometimes we start off and we're running the race. We're running with endurance the race set before us. And we're like, yay, yay, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this, we can do... I'm sitting down now... (laughs) Just me. God gives us endurance and He gives us the capacity to draw around with people, like minded people, those that are building with you, those who've got your back. Those who are praying for you, those are praying with you, that you can pray together, that you can be in unity, that you can move forward in the things that God wants you to. And there is a time to work, there is a time to rest. There is a time to take ground, there is a time to hold your ground. But we never release ground because as we're moving forward in God, He prepares the way for us. It's amazing. Somewhere along the line we get weary but then it's a case of drawing near to god we need to come back and make the main thing the main thing you see if we are not in prayer if we're not seeking god daily for the things that he wants to do in us and through us and our purpose is to build kingdom to make disciples go therefore and make disciples of all men baptizing in the name of the father the son the holy spirit but each one of us has something in your hand that God wants you to use for kingdom. It's an amazing thing. Sometimes it's the negativity. You know, it's an interesting thing. Nehemiah 4, 2-3, the negativity came from without. It came from Jews themselves who lived near the enemy. And these people were not involved in the work of rebuilding the wall. And this is hugely significant. They lived near the enemy and they were constantly exposed to those negative attacks on the work they were doing. They were not involved personally. They were overviewing and passing comments and opinions about it. They came repeatedly ten times, it said. And ten times in Hebrew, the Hebrew for it is an expression that means over and over and over. So they kept coming to warn Nehemiah and those working on the wall. They'll come up from every place and, and they're going to sort you out. They're going to kill you. But often, you know, I've found negativity comes from those who are, have got opinions but they're not actually involved in doing the work. Everyone's got an opinion. We've all got opinions and they all matter. But you know what, if you're not actually involved in doing the work, you need to pray for people, not just try and undermine them and pull them down. You want to build a spirit of love and grace and unity. I remember before we went to Bible college, we, my hubby and I, we used to think, oh, why are they doing that? Why are they doing that leadership? Why, you know? And we'd just sit on it and pray on it. And then when we became leaders ourselves, ah that's why they're doing that. You see, God anoints and God appoints. And God gives shepherds an overview, an anointing and an authority to build according to the pattern that God gives each one. So as we form a formation like a chevron and move forward, we've got each other's backs. We're covering each other's. We're covering the tracks and we're taking ground for Jesus. So... Did they get it done? Yes, they did. And they got it done in half the time that they thought they were going to. We've got to count the cost when we choose to build for something. And we get choices. We can run from it. We can dodge it. We can go around it. Or we can work out a compromise. If I do this, maybe God will do that. Or you can choose to meet the challenge head on and meet it in God and work through it. And that's the God's solution. You see, they lifted their voices in prayer. Often when we face opposition, our first response is to get angry, defensive maybe, hit back, defend ourselves or retreat. But our first response should always be prayer. Always being ready to give an answer to those that would speak to you of the hope that we have. And the joy that God places in our heart, which cannot be stolen. Because when we're about Father's business, he's about our business, always. Prayer, as we take these things to him, always reminds us, keeps us in that God zone, knowing that God, our Abba Father, is our loving Heavenly Father. It's declaring our dependence on him and his sovereignty because it's his work, it's his church, we are his children. James 5.16 says the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Set your day right, start your day with prayer, start your day in the word. Finish your day right in the word and in prayer. That way we can put our hearts into the work that God has given us. And we don't grow weary doing good. Because in due season, the promise is that we'll reap a reward if we faint not. You see, the people had a heart to work and they got on with it. And they watched out for each other. And they did one stone at a time. And you think, may think, well, I'm only doing this or I'm only doing that or I'm not doing anything but I need to do something. Do you know what? Whatever seems insignificant to you, when God calls you to do it in his hand, it's supernaturally empowered. Whatever God calls you to do, whether it's one stone or one shovel of rubble, just do it and God will bless you for it. Get on with it. Let's make the main thing the main thing. But be vigilant. They kept their eyes on the enemy in vigilance. They weren't stopped from doing what they needed to be doing. They weren't stopped from doing what God had called them to do. Nehemiah prayed first and then he set up a guard. And so we start with prayer. Then we set the guard up and you can't ignore the threats of the enemy. 1 Peter 5, 8 to 9. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. You know what, we have some restrictions on us in our lives at the moment but it's nothing compared to what the body of Christ and others in the world are suffering at this time. We are the most blessed of people. We really are. We really are. We really are. Did I say that? (laughs) But the accuser, he does skulk around. Sometimes it's subtle and sometimes it's not. He'll try and make you afraid, mock you, belittle you, pull you down, accuse you, bring up your past, scuttle your future. He's a bit of a mongrel, isn't he? But they kept their mind focused on what they were doing. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome And fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your houses. Verse 14. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. Fix your eyes on him because he is the reason we do what we do. Fix your eyes on the God purpose in every one of our lives. Move forward in what God has for us to do. Build team together. Cover each other's backs When one is weak, stand in the gap for them, pray for them. When one is struggling, do something nice for them. When one is really falling down and about, be a Holy Ghost nurse and look after your brothers and sisters in Christ. Encourage each other, pray for each other, keeping focused always on what the main thing is and that's to build kingdom in God. But in the meantime, we build each other. And we build according to God's pattern. And I think I'm just about done. I've got more. Shall I go on? (laughs) What's God called you to do? What has He called you to do? And are you doing it? Or are you tired? Have you lost heart? Have you been discouraged? Are you feeling intimidated? Do you know what? If stuff's coming against you, the chances are very much that you're doing some good. Because unless there's resistance, there's no movement. So can I encourage you today? Keep going. Keep seeking God. Keep praying. Keep loving, loving him. Loving each other. Loving the lost. The not yet believers. That's why the church is here for the not yet believers so that the hope that we have as we build will become a strong fortress for those that want to come in and take refuge. You see, God is our hiding place. He's our refuge. He's our strength. And all this is metaphorical but the truth is when we run to him, he keeps us safe. He keeps us strong. And he puts us in a position up on the ramparts where we can see a long way away, see what's coming, see what's been. But those burnt stones that we are, God is building into a strong wall. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today that in this house, Lord God, you your presence is here and Lord, we don't want to ever be anywhere where your presence isn't. Lord, we thank you today for your word and Father, I pray that, Lord, each one will just take home what you want each one to know today, something that to build with, something to bring restoration, something to remove rubble, something to cement stones together to form strength, Lord God. Lord God, that each one of us, Lord, maybe we've been intimidated or in fear or we're weary, Lord God, of doing good. Father, that each one of us can actually run to you at this time and say, Lord God, I need you. I need you more than anything. I need your help. I need your strategy. I need your anointing. I need your Holy Spirit. I need, Lord God, to submit myself to you under your hand, so that you can use me for your glory that you can work through me, that I can be in my community, Lord God. Lord, as we looked at the community in Jerusalem, the common unity as they built according to your pattern, Lord, that our heart's desire is that you would use us, that you would build in us and build through us, Lord God, to make Jesus famous in our community, Lord that we would know that the one true God who commissions us to do all things good, Lord, is a faithful God, a loving God, a powerful God, and, Lord, we need no... We don't need to have any lack. We don't need to feel alone. We don't need to feel any fear or intimidation. We don't need to um, walk in a place of solitary confinement, Father God, because Lord, you've placed us in a family. And Father, I pray for everyone today out there and in this place today that each one of us would reach into you and say, Lord, use me for your glory. That each one of us today would say, I'm broken, but Lord, you are the one who can repair me. Lord, I'm burnt, but Lord, you are going to scrape off the burnt edges and remodel me and refit me into what you want me to be. Father God, we just pray, Lord God, against any of those mocking spirits and sarcasm that would... Lord. Really undermine people's confidence. Father, I thank you that you are our confidence. You're our strength. You're our shield. And Lord God, as we look to you, Lord, we are accepted in the beloved that you have called us. You've called us by name. You've numbered the hairs of our heads, Lord God. And Father, we are fearfully and wondrously made in you. And God, each one has a purpose and a plan in you. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you, Lord God, would just touch every heart. Speak peace into every soul that every one of us can lay aside every weight that would hinder us right now to continue to build together according to your pattern. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. And everyone said, Amen, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church. We'll come along to our Sunday service at 10 a.m.